The building of this sandbox and its contents are the independent thoughts of each host. It's not our intention, but we have been known to make people see red. Don't come to the sandbox and expect not to get dirty. In fact, we hope some sticks with you. So dig in, let's play. We are the Scarlet Sandbox. Good morning. Good morning. I'm going to share this, as are you. Watch me. Watch me. Good morning, good morning, good morning. The another anticipated day of the sandbox. Um, talking about divorce. Divorce. And all the things. It always <laughs> reminds me of that um, George Strait rat. Isn't he the one that sang the... Got a D and a don't mean Dallas. I don't know who sings that, and that's really terrible. All my friends are going to be like, really, Tara? Isn't it George Strait? One second. One second. I'm going through the big D. Yes. I don't mean that. <laughs> That's got to be George Strait. Hang I'm on. just going to chalk that up to you're 10 years younger. No, I, Mark Chestnut. Is it? I knew it wasn't George Strait. That's why I had to be. <laughs> that's why I had to clarify. Oh, God. That's funny. I'll snap. Are you sure? Taylor, are we sure about that? I just Googled it. I mean, you know. It wasn't George Strait, so I had to be sure that I came back with the right one. Right here. Oh. Yep. Well, that shows I know all the words. I don't ever know who sings <laughs> it. I do say that a lot. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's a fun way to start our divorce podcast we don't even know or i don't even know who sings it <laughs> well it's funny because i was little when that song came out i don't know when that song came out but i was little and i remember what riding, year did that song come out i'm looking i mean first of all we know george Strait 1994 so i was seven so <laughs> but hang on three years before i graduated but i remember this moment because i was riding to my mom's front seat and i didn't understand what that meant and i turned and i was like what is the big d she's like divorce like, there was minute, no, how did like, you know what that mean? Because between your mom and all three of us, like we're the queens of divorce. Seven years old. <laughs> I didn't understand what big D meant. <laughs> and not tell us. Mom's like divorce. That's as if hilarious. like just that's Although, what it is, man. I mean, come on. In country music, they've all written something about divorce. Oh, that's your dog, your pickup truck, <laughs> your divorce. <laughs> your beer in your hand, <laughs> face in life. While you pull off with your dog in the truck. Filing for divorce. That's how that goes. Usually with your beer in your hand. Although I've gotten divorced four times and I've never pulled off with my dog in a truck or with a beer. So I'm more like a rap song, I think. Do they? <laughs> I could say so many things and won't. And won't. I'll save that for our work day today oh, at 2 funny. p.m. <laughs> okay, so we're we're making light of it. It's not funny. I mean, divorce is never good. But just to let you know, there is a point where you look back and you can laugh at you it. You laugh. So if you're not there yet, hang on. Yep. Keep walking. Keep walking. Adrian's been divorced four times. I've been divorced twice. I'm on my third marriage. So uh, this is something that is super... Are you counting how many times you've been divorced? So technically, I've been divorced... Three times legally. But you didn't get Elvis married. Elvis and I were not married, but we were together five years, two kids, a business. Like, the only reason we don't have a divorce is 
because legality get married yeah so, there's a- so to me i would actually consider that more of a marriage and a vor- divorce than my first one which was married my high school best friend of seven oh, years yeah. that you know married to him for six months and got a divorce my first marriage was seven months so really we're doing that's why we say pretty. you know we always talk about how like parallel mm-hmm. we are like if y'all really knew how parallel <laughs> we are it's true let's just pray that you stop at this one. Oh, absolutely you this know? one's i mean i have to, this one's like i'm i'm out i'm done we're just smarter hopefully younger than me oh. but um you know and i think that's one thing that people don't understand about multiple divorce you know it's like so shameful that you've been married and divorced so many times which you don't truly understand which one um i was super young like 19 um and what happens is you swing from one pendulum to the other absolutely you go you know, in this marriage, you go, oh, um, this is, you know, nothing I want. So you go find somebody that's everything but that, <laughs> you know, and that's not always right either. Right. So then that's, whoa, that's a little too far off over here. So let's find somebody that's back this way. You know, not quite this guy, not quite this guy. So, but you're still too far left, you know, and then you just keep swinging and swinging until you hit the middle. <laughs> Or somewhere close. It's like a game of, what's that ball that wraps around the pole? I mean, I know it. Me and Marilyn grew up with it. I have one in my Is backyard. Tetherball? Tetherball. Tetherball. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Taylor. Way to have our back. Um, I have one hey, in my Tom. backyard, but my dog keeps eating the ball. Yeah. So I right now that. I just have a pole. We've never actually, we've had it for over a year. We've never played tetherball because. Jinx? We have. Yes. Yeah. Something he has a ball. Do. He doesn't chew on anything except, you know, he. Loves a good ball. Yeah, he does. But that's what it reminds me of. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, until you. And I mean, like, I, I guess the big thing is, is that, you know, you start getting divorced and people are like, God hates divorce. Well, you know what? So do I. But at the same time, man, you got to you got to pick the rest of your life at some point, you know. like. Well, and it's a lot easier from this side of it to sit here and say, whoa, you know, yeah. and it's easier on the outside looking in. Right? To say God hates divorce, it's real easy on the outside for that, too. Yeah. And, you know, after you've been divorced four times, you go, oh, yeah, I see where all I went wrong, you know. Right. But when you're in it, like, you're just swimming. I think the big thing More like drowning. More like drowning. And you can only save yourself. I mean, you really can. And so on the topic of divorce, you really need to focus on yourself. Like, don't worry about I know that's hard to say, but like, you can't worry about what people think. This is one of those few topics where you cannot focus on what everybody else thinks. They are not in your marriage and living your life. And that goes back to week one of building your sandbox, right? right? Because let's be brutally honest about divorce is when you're in the middle of these tragedies. Because the truth is, typically, when you're in a bad marriage, it can be two really good people not meant to be together. But the problem is you're so busy worried about what the other person's doing, you're not self-reflecting and, and owning what you could do to be better. But if you had a good sandbox and in your four walls, a good support system that said, hey, you know, because look, you and Anthony, Dustin and I are going to go through things that your good friends are going to be like, hey, mm-hmm. you need to stop. That's a good man. Or, you know, you need to check out and you're in a bad place right now and, you know, help you through that. But so many times people don't want to get involved. They don't want to be a part of your drama. So you're actually over there swimming like a little goldfish upstream till you're just worn smooth out with no support. And then you blow it all up, you know. That's what, you know, I did on my second one. 
I just made it look like it was sunshine and rainbows all the time to everyone. And then yep. when I got, you know, I was like, I can't do it anymore. They're like, what, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I've been, I've been lying. Like I've been making it look like something it hasn't been. Then you get to pay for that too. So, I mean, like. <sighs> and that's why I think you and I are both so, such huge advocates for just being honest real. and real mm-hmm. and authentic. The good, the bad, the ugly, because the good people will stay. Right. And the bad people are going to cause you nothing but backlash, front end, back end, middle, everywhere. The so, people who are out are going to be out, whether it's now, whether it's a divorce right. or five years and something completely different. The people who are not meant for you are going to find their way out eventually. It's not just going to be one event. And if this event hadn't happened, then they would have been there forever. It's not the case. Yeah. And, you know, this is also why I'm a big, you know, we keep talking about how I'm going to get my biblical counseling certificate. No idea what I'm doing with this. Except that I just know in my heart of hearts that I have a passion to help other women, young women, like with my own three daughters. How do I help you not get four divorces? Mm -hmm. And let's, I mean, if we really break that down, it starts with making sure we teach our daughters what to look for. When I look back at why I was married so many times and where I went wrong, and, and again, you know, my mom loved me and was the best mom she could be to the best of her ability. And my mom was married four, four or five times, you know? So, um, we typically have generational curses, your mom, you mm-hmm. know? And so, um, how do I stop that? That's one of the things for me is not using my stuff in vain. And if I had to do this myself and then save my three girls, and again, here's the deal. This isn't just me and you, no. you know, yeah. divorce rate is 70%. Mm-hmm. Even at fifty percent, way too high, right? Wait. So this is a this is a humanity problem. Mm-hmm. But what are we going to do to resolve that and fix that? And we can't fix that for the world, but we can fix it for Phoenix Ren and Tegan Hensley Tatum, which Kirsten. requires you to reevaluate your sandbox. I can tell you that uh, my family was one of those where you couldn't spend the night. You couldn't like so. I would hurry up and marry them so that we could take a vacation and I could spend the night. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you would just hurry up and skip everything, marry them so you can do things that normal, quote unquote, couples get to do, even though they're not married. Well, and a lot of that, too, I think, um, are just, you know, from what at 42, raising my three girls and I was 21 when I had mine. So I think I was the one, you know, good thing about being younger is I think uh, when you have kids, because, you know, I think there's ups and downs to having your kids later and having them younger mm-hmm. Um And one of the things that I have seen over the course of um, raising mine was how many parents allow their kids to get into these kind of relationships so young. And I'm not judging anybody. I just want food for thought, put it on the table. But, you know, with my girls, I remember Tegan was like in fifth grade, maybe even younger, and a little boy bought her diamond earrings for Christmas. Good night. I was like, what? You know, so, and then it was like movies and all these things when they were like 10. By the time they're in high school, they're playing house and. it That is. So many of my girls' friends would not go and run around and do fun girl things because they're so attached to a boy mm-hmm. and they're 14. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to be attached to a boy for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And if there is one thing that I feel like I 
hit the nail on the head was making them not date till they were 16. Yeah, my And even then, either. I'm still pretty, um, it's not going to be every weekend and every night of every weekend and going and going and going and your boyfriend's not coming over to cuddle on my couch. Like, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And Tatum turned 16. Your girl's weeks. boyfriend's come over to help write, <laughs> you know, job applications. And yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, Put makeup on each other. Oh, listen, Jacob knows. Uh, so my oldest two, Tegan and Tinsley, um, you know, Tegan's down at College Station with, you know, Hunter. But so he didn't get to to participate like Jacob quite does. But even Jacob, when they come over, we're hauling wheelbarrows and planting mm-hmm. stuff and running errands and moving furniture Jacob, I need these boxes to the trash. <laughs> you put them to work. I do. Um, which, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm looking forward. They're finally getting to an age that, you know, the next couple of years, I hope that they'll be getting married and I can stop uh, bossing them around and telling them what to do. Then they're on their own. But now I got Tatum. Tatum. <laughs> no, you got, you're the one that has a long way to go. Yeah, I have a, I have a that's so far out, man. But it's faster than you think. I know. I know. But I think it's good that, you know, especially you get to see kind of how other people or the people close to you do it so you know. And then you know what you did. This is a completely different world. Like with Raven and I was co-parenting. I had an ex-husband. Like this is a, I mean, God willing, a relationship that where both of your parents are together raising one child. Mm -hmm. Like this is a new world. It's, I, I hate that Raven's gone and I would take all the things back to have her back, but since I don't, this is like the best kind of in my head scenario, like two parents together love yeah. each other dearly. And isn't that what we always wanted? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, cause that's what people don't understand about divorce, right? Is, you know, I didn't get married hoping for a divorce, right? You know, you, I got, I can't speak for anybody else, but I got married in hope that that was the one, mm-hmm, you know, but I also think I had this fairy tale, like love was enough. It's not. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. And, and you know, I had a very skewed vision of, like, what love actually was. I thought love was, like, saying all the right things and doing everything together. And, like you said, like, cuddling up in Matching bed. Matching pajamas. Just, oh, my gosh. It's like Disney. <laughs> <laughs> love is the hard stuff. Love is the hard stuff. I almost cussed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It makes me cuss, yeah, um, but sure does. you know, love is the hard stuff, and and we tend to bail when things get hard. We check out, or the opposite. I lay down, and give everything I have to some to some unhealthy things. You know what I mean? It's either I bail and don't want anything to do well, with it, or I'm I more meant the other way it. around because that that is you and I's problem. We are so we are so loyal to a fault mm-hmm. that we say love is enough. I will do anything for you. It'll get better if I do this. Mm -hmm. If I can just, at the end of the day, man, people used I mean, both, I've been hanging to some red flags as bouquet of flowers and I took it and swooned over it. Mm -hmm. And that was the worst. And that's exactly what I taught, you know, even with my girls now, what are the red flags? Right. Let's look at them. Let's identify them. And are these hard limits that we can't get past or are these things that we can and I am a big if Dustin has taught me one thing Dustin wasn't perfect neither is Anthony right Right. but I'm going to tell you a man who says how can I be better how can I be different how can I give you what you need right that is like 
number one for everybody me. has red flags it doesn't mean we're bailing because you have one red flag but anthony and dustin likely um they they say this is a red flag this is not a good quality of mine it really is a red flag like i've been in some relationships where they're like this is a red flag and it's actually good let me twist it to make you think it's great mm-hmm. like the fact that we can sit down and be like this is an issue that i have like help mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's huge well because people don't like to change or even admit that they have one. Or we like to think we can change them. Well, and I will say that is probably one of my faults. And right, was I thought I could be the one to change it. Yeah, and it, you're not. No, nope. you're just not. And it's like so. Like, if there's one piece of advice that you learn your whole life, it's you're not going to change anybody. But we don't understand that. We think <laughs> we will. And what's the gain in oh, that? Forty-two Anyways. years later, I finally got the memo. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to do that. Yeah. You're not. Your pastor's not going to change them. Your counselor's not going to change them. Your mother's not going to Your kid's not going to change them. Nope. Only them. Now, does that mean, you know, that's why I love the movie War Room. Mm-hmm. And I use that a lot when people ask me about marriage. Because I do feel like if there is a situation that maybe um, is not your fault per se. Or that you maybe do don't have anything to change that your husband really is the person that's got the issue what are you going to do about that because you're not going to change him right so but let me tell you no man's ever changed because his wife stood over him and scolded him yeah no typically that caused resentment or nag or point or mm -mm. no man goes thank you for telling me how to do it (laughs) (laughs) so what what are you going to do and if you have not watched the war room you need to and sometimes, uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I've had to watch it a few times. Because I haven't seen it ever. What? I knew I was going to get that reaction. That's why I've never said it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so good. And, I mean, it's kind of one of those cheesy. Oh, like those Christian-y the guy movies. Growing, yes, the Growing Pains uh, guy. Because yeah. um, what is that fire? Is that rent marriage movie? Uh, I haven't seen Fireproof. that. Fireproof. Fireproof. It's the marriage movie. Uh-huh. But War Room, it, okay. it's good. It really is worth. You just got to get over the cheese. The watch. And, and, you know, Tanner, for you, I feel like you have better tools already in your toolbox because of growing up more heavily involved in church where most people don't. So for me, the war room was just really a retrain my brain, move my brain, because the bottom line is she has a closet. And she has post-it notes of things that she wants to pray for her husband because the truth is we can't change him. And sometimes he doesn't even know he can change himself. So it's really God that's got to get in the middle of that, right? But you've got to call on him. Mm. Hey, I need you. I need you to help my husband here. And um, and so she kind of teaches you how to do that and talks about the power of that. And so that's what I feel like most people really, it's the missing piece to the puzzle in yeah. marriage where one person needs to change right. and you feel helpless. Cause a lot of times when you feel helpless, you just go, that's your problem. And then you resent him and then you, you know, nag on him and then he fed up with you and then you should and I'm worse. Know. You know what I mean? Then you're in the bad spot too. Uh-huh. Which is. Mm-hmm. Now again, you've got other relationships, for example, that are just unhealthy. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm a big, big, you know, even married four times, I would not recommend that to anyone. You know, I don't recommend 
you know, like I said, I hope that we teach our daughters to do better up front so we can start seeing less people in this predicament. And then there are just situations that are not going to change. And our sons, too, by the way. We don't have boys, so we're talking like daughters, but it's equally important to start your sons early, too, you know? You know, I'm going to be, you know, like last week when I said, hey, moms, we've got a tough job teaching our daughters to respect. You know, it comes starts with us, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm, even though I don't have boys, um, as a girl mom and knowing what I've gone through right. in my divorce, same with you, yeah. moms of boys. Which I had Matthew, but he was so late. You know what I mean? He was yes. 16 when I came in. So, But I feel like moms of boys, um, I think it's easier. You know, people say girls are hard. I almost think the opposite. Because it's girls, we can teach them to be pretty and um, do all the girl things, and we're not shame for that, right? Right? And 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 those are the moms that want to teach their kids to like be a con- you know the girl to play football or work in construction. Like that's just few and far between. But with our boys, we've got to teach them to be masculine and you know do all the boy stuff. But the truth is, we don't teach them how to be sensitive, right? And be in tune with their emotions. And then what happens is we raise these boys that aren't sensitive and sensitive to their wives and sensitive to their children. Or we do the opposite, which I feel like this generation's been a little bit opposite where we just focus on the sensitivity. And now boys don't know how to change a tire. Well, you know, that's, that's, mm-hmm. you know, so we got kind of. Well, but that goes back to protector and provider. Right. But if we're being brutally honest, the husband is the leader. And I know a lot of women don't like to hear that because we're in this, I am woman, hear me roar, and I'm going to wear the pants in my household. But the truth is, it doesn't work. The more you do that, the more, the less you look for in a partner. And then the more you turn around and be like, I wish he would actually do something mm-hmm. later. And you resent him. And you resent him for that. Because, mm-hmm. come on, women, we need a strong man. We do. But we, when strong, kind of like, in fact... <laughs> God, we could talk about this for hours, but strong women, what does strong women look like? Because a lot of people call themselves a strong woman. Mm-mm. Sometimes strong, you know, strength is in integrity and it's an honor and it's in truth. Strong doesn't mean blast everybody with Steam your mouth. Steamroll everybody or just yes. bully people. That's not, that's not it. Yes. So now let's go back to strong man. Strong man doesn't mean because you've been in the gym all day. Strong man doesn't just mean, you know, because he works. You know, strong man means going out and getting whatever job it takes, even if that's at McDonald's, because you got to put food on your kid's table, you know? And we have forgotten what strong really means. And strong means doing the hard stuff when we don't want to. Strong means coming to your wife and say, hey, I messed up. That's a good thread. If you're listening, drop it in the comments. What do you think a strong woman looks like? And what do you think a strong man looks like? I'm would like to read those yeah just everybody's you know definition or examples of what strong means and you know start building your war room so what do you see in your husband that you wish um he did differently or you know and make a list on both sides what what could you do better and what could he do better and let's start building your war room because that's where this is going to start but let me tell you ladies or men if you really want to avoid a divorce where you are right now, it's got to start with self-reflection. Absolutely. So be very careful as you're building that list. 
start with you first. Because let me tell you, if it is 100% him, let's just go with that for a second. If it is 100% him, what do you think you're, are you adding gas and lighter fluid to that? Or are you giving him a safe, you know, comfortable place to change? Are you bitter? Are you resentful? Are you not, you know, healed? Mm -hmm. That's another thing about divorce. Like it gives you, it gives you a reason, right? To be kind of sad, unstable, kind of bitter, kind of resentful in the beginning, but you cannot live there. I know I've seen so many men and women who were just like 20 years ago. I was hurt and I'm still just living in that trauma and I'm going to hang out there for the rest of my life. It is up to you to change that, to heal yourself and to be any sort of for the next relationship. Don't make your next relationship pay for your past one. No matter what happened to you, no matter if it was your fault or if it wasn't, or you, I, man, we see so many unhealthy, toxic new relationships because you're dragging your ex into the net. Well, know. and so many times, and we've both done it, don't get me wrong, but so many times you switch from one to the other without healing. Right. You know, I'm totally and guilty so of that. yes, but you know, and thank God it worked out. But the truth is, because look, nothing fits in one box, well, right? Well, it didn't. It's also between my first and my second. You yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's that pendulum thing. Yeah. So, but if we're being on, you know, because, you know, one shoe doesn't fit all. But realistically, you're going to heal yourself before you bring somebody into your cesspool, mm-hmm. you know? And how do you do that? You know? Get out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we say that all the time, but it's really true. <laughs> but I mean, Stop trying to do it on your own. And if you don't have a good support system, seek counseling, seek your pastor, get in church, get in the Bible. And so many women want that relationship so fast that they just like put the, it's, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm this. I'm healed. Well, because we're codependent. And then you're not. Look, God designed us to be in community. Right. So there's nothing, and that's what I go back to, the stop being this independent, and I'm not knocking, if you want to, if you are the kind of person that never wants to be married again, or never wants to be married at all, or whatever, I'm not knocking you, and you do you, boo, but but the truth is, and again, we're, you know, we're not talking about one, I'm talking about, you know, a mass for the mass, so if you're not in the mass, that's fine, but the truth is, God put you on this earth to live in community, and there's nothing wrong with that. It is okay, so for example... My last marriage, uh, my husband was gone two-thirds of a year. And before he ever left our house, I said, I do not know if I can live like this. I am strong. I am independent. I can do. I can eat dinner by myself. I can go to the movie by myself. I can do a lot of things. But I don't want to be in a marriage by myself. Mm-hmm. I did not. That doesn't seem fun to me, you know. And, and he chose to go and work out of town two-thirds of a year. And we tried it. And it didn't work, you know, because I was eating by myself, sleeping by myself, going to church by myself, raising my kids by myself, starting a business by myself, hustling by myself, doing everything by myself. And when I picked him up from the airport one day and I'm talking to him about the wine crawl, I just built the event and I'm so excited. And he looked at me like I was talking Korean, (laughs) had no idea what I was Mm -hmm. saying because he's not here. There was no community, you know, and he was a great person, great guy. We, he actually taught me, he was the person that taught me a lot about removing all toxicity out of my relationships. I mean, he taught me some things. But again, I think that's where I got married a little too fast, mm. you know. And, um, but, you know, I, I, I don't, I think we lost sight of like, in fact, I saw this woman on an Instagram reel. <laughs> that's, that's a nice favorite thing to do before we go to bed now is like, 
we watch Instagram reels or TikToks. What I'm I'm not as much into TikToks as reels are a little bit more my age, I think. But um, anyway, this woman on one of her reels said, "I'm not into the bashing my husband, you know, movement." Meaning. You go to lunch with your girlfriends, you go to dinner with your girlfriends, and you sit around and talk about all the things that your husband does wrong. And he and I'm over here having to do the kids by myself and this by myself. And my husband does this and he doesn't do that. And she's like, whoa, I should be his biggest cheerleader, his safe place. And I was like, yes. You know what I mean? Like, as tempting as it is to go to somebody and show them and tell them. I, do, I, I really am strong against that too. Like, I mean, I think that if you have an issue, it should be between you guys and whoever was involved if, if it was. Otherwise, what's the point? Here's why. Because you do that, and, but you can take this to a fault because this is what I did. Like, you can hide their flaws. That's not the same as just not saying it. You know what I mean? Because then they, your friends are mad later when you're over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's a problem. Like, if I, you know, said Mary he did this and he did that. Well, now I'm fine with Anthony. Well, Mary still holds up. You know what I mean? She still remembers. Mm-hmm. So we get in this weird thing. But if I never tell Mary or I just make it look like something it's not, then by the time I say, I can't take it anymore, I'm out. Then everybody's surprised. So you got to meet that right in the middle. Respect is the bottom Well, line. but that goes back to who's in your sandbox. I know. I mean, and Dustin and I've done that with you and Anthony. Come to y'all and talk to you about when we're trying to co-parent well, and raising different. kids, it, maybe we disagreed on something. And, hey, what do you guys, we need some. Your heart was good, though. Like, you wanted help. Yes. It wasn't just like, we're going to sit around and drink martinis and I was almost bash our. Worth two. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Bash our. Different. That's not different. the jam. And, look, there are times we're all fleshy human sinners, whatever, that I probably have called Tanner and been like, Dustin's driving me crazy. And I've also said, hey, hang on. Yeah, and there's not, and there's, Same for you it. know, it goes back to trust your circle. Right. And we all need to vent. Because Mary Ellen will be like, okay, let's get out a piece of paper and write down the pros and the cons. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly you know, how like, I would be to it. That is one thing that Mary Ellen and okay. I actually are like very similar on. But <laughs> like, okay, how bad of a crisis is this? Where's so your sandbox should be already healthy. Right. right. So that if I do go to you or I do go to Mary and be like, listen here, then both of y'all are like, hey, Tanner. Because I know that there's nothing you could tell me where I'm not going to say, I know you love that guy. And right. I know that guy loves you. So let's break this down. And Some- look, sometimes we're in a bad headspace. Work got us. The kids got us. Whatever. Like, again, that goes back to very carefully choose. And don't pick friends that are that you think that you can go to and vent and gripe about them and then feel good because they're gonna f- that's an issue well that's the that too. bitch i'm sorry but i'm gonna say that okay because that's my that bitch um <laughs> yes. phrase oh yeah go ahead and um, explain that for people who haven't so early on in dustin and i's marriage because i've told y'all we it's were a good tool. uh we were sitting in in biblical counseling okay and uh my husband because he's so tender wants to fix everything and sometimes i would be like i just need to complain. I'm not asking you to go fix it because him going and fixing it with Christy or Kirsten or what was happening, then they would get madder, right? And it would just blow <laughs> us up. And sometimes I just needed five minutes to get mad and then think clearly. Mm-hmm. And your husband needs to be your person, right? And so um, the pastor was sitting across from me and I said, you know, I just sometimes I need a that bitch for five minutes. And he literally, I don't know, six months later goes, hey, Adrian, I want to tell you, I, I wrote a whole chapter on that bitch. I was like, what? He said, like, it's true. 
everybody needs that five minutes sometimes to just vent it off. So then, then you can think clearly and act. So that's the, that bitch. And, um, even in the church walls, (laughs) we were sitting in, in the front of the back, even he was like, that is great. And so we use that term a lot because is this, this you know, if you have a, that bitch friend who goes that bitch, I can't believe they, and you're going to have those. But you got to be very careful with those friends right. because they're always going to agree with you. Got to remember that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And 90% of the time you have some growing and fixing of your own. So oh, you yeah. can sit there for five minutes with that bitch, but then you need to move on to the friend that says, hey, you need to look inside you. I want everybody to know that's listening to us that like when we talk about divorce, I am we I can speak for you on this. We are not saying that it was not us. Oh, like, yeah. We want everybody to know that we are just as rolling around the mud on things that, you know, we're not being like, this is not us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No good point, because that's what I, I mean. I, but I think mm-hmm. that's also what we've said about looking deep. Yeah. Like, How did I get here? We very well been like, well. I'm not great either sometimes, you know. I mean, and I can look back and tell you exactly where I went wrong. Oh, me too. You know, like even that my good friend that I ended up marrying for six months, um, you know, I had been in and out of a relationship since I was 13 years old, 13 to 19. So six or seven years there that um, I was with a guy who treated me terrible, cheated on me left and right. He was always doing drugs and, you know, telling me it was okay and I didn't do that stuff you know and so it was just very 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 volatile and uh Jimmy was a safe place and I'd known him and he was a gentleman and he was you know a Christian and his family was good and I felt very very safe there and uh when Jason and I split up and Jimmy I was like I actually went to Austin where he was and um I was like man this is this is what I need in a marriage a man who opens my door and respects me and pulls us into church and does all the things, right? And um, and he did. And we were married for six months, and I looked at him, and he was everything that a woman could want, except there was just not passion for me. You know, he was my best friend, but there just was a piece missing. No fault of his own. You know, I think he had that for me, and I didn't. And um, so it was definitely me, you know. Uh, he would have given me everything. We'd probably still be married if it was up to and I don't mean that. No, I get it. Only because, you know, I I don't want to disrespect his wife. He has a wife and beautiful children. I don't mean it like that. I'm just saying because that's who he is as a person, right? He takes his vows very, very seriously. And so um, I think that when I looked up, and then, in fact, um, that's when Elvis and I got together, and that was a train wreck. So when I got out, I went back to Jimmy because mm-hmm. I was looking at me, right? I was looking at me going, Adrian, you made these, you know, so maybe it's you that didn't honor this, whatever. And then I realized why I divorced him. <laughs> and so I quit dating him and then I moved on to Wes, you know? So I tell you that because it was my, it was my judgment. Right. You know, um, Jimmy was a wonderful person who did nothing wrong and honored everything that he said to me, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, and then I had to, I had to deal with that. I had to get right and be like, what, what am I, who am I picking? Why am I picking? When you said I had to like get right, like, I don't know why, but like that self-reflection like makes me like happy, like makes me giddy, like, which I realized that most people don't want to do that. They don't want to look at themselves and like, that just makes me like, okay, let's Mm self-reflect. Like self-reflect is like, get out a post-it note and write it down. I mean, look at it. 
don't like beat yourself over it. It's the truth. Just look at it. And, it's- and you know, we, we hide from those things, I think, because so many people shame us into what's wrong with us, right? You got so many people telling you, you're this and you're that, and you're doing this wrong and you're doing that wrong. So it's so hard for us to go, you're right, I'm doing that wrong. Because we want to guard that and be like, but I'm not, I'm a good person and I don't mean to. And, you know, you're so busy defending yourself. I just love to be motivated. So it's like, I'm not patient enough. How can I work on my patience? This is what I'm planning on doing this week. Like I get like super giddy about things like that. I wish that was more of a thing. Okay. But let, that's what I'm saying. Let's talk about that for a minute because I feel like, um, people won't because they're too ashamed to admit their faults. I know. How do we cross that river? We need to, that's a future podcast kind of but I feel like step one is just say it out loud yeah. all by yourself. You don't have to tell anybody else. <laughs> not, not us. Everybody else knows. Go into your little war room. <laughs> yeah, everybody else already knows. Lady. Everybody else already knows. <laughs> so um, you're not hiding anything. <laughs> so you might as well. But as soon as you free yourself from the chain of your own shame and guilt, and we've said that before. And if you can't, can't help. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of freedom inside so your closet. So much freedom. So much freedom. Or on your back patio, just get out there and scream it where, I mean, nobody needs to hear you. The only person that needs to hear you is you. You will be like game changer. If you can just get there. So, you know, when we're talking about unhealthy divorce, um, abuse, totally different ballgame. If you are somebody that is struggling with abuse, you need, you really need to make a phone call today. Like I'm a big, 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 you are not changing that. You are not fixing that. And you need to save yourself. Like, and your children, usually. Yes. Is the kind of key that comes You with. have a responsibility to your children of what they're seeing and what they're watching. Thousand percent. Everybody who's involved in divorce has responsibility to heal yourself because you'll spill over into your kids and then here we are with generational things. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're involved in divorce, your fault or not, we have work to do. Mm-hmm. And look, I mean, like my mom, honestly, she was married before I was born, married to my dad. I was 18 months when they divorced, so I don't even know that relationship. Married this other guy. I vaguely remember him. I was like three. Uh, And then married Bill when I was like five. So Bill, my stepdad, has been my stepdad for 35 years. And same thing with my dad. You know, my dad actually was married before my stepmom. And I think my dad is on marriage three, too. I actually only learned that recently. <laughs> um, so if that doesn't tell you. But my point there is I, my, my step-parents have been my step-parent, both of them, since, for like 35 years now. That's awesome. They were both kind of remarried when I was about five and have stayed married. Uh, but I didn't see bad things. So sometimes we, you know... It's not just that you saw bad things and you keep repeating bad things. It's that we're, but my mom didn't teach me what to look for in a man, you know? And again, I'm, I hate this because my mom's going to be like, Adrian, I told, I tried, did it my best, you know? <laughs> and I know that she did. Um, and I love you, mom. But it from, and, and look, I'm, this is not just my mom. This is a lot of moms. So this isn't personal, but this is just being real. And this is just being honest. Like, Show my so now with my girls, their boyfriend when they can date, he has to come to my house, mm-hmm. knock on my door, greet me, sit at my dinner table, have dinner, show me who he is as a person, and then I'll let you know if you can go anywhere with my kid. Right. I need to see the way that you treat my daughter. And we had a little bad egg 
you know, a year ago. I'm serious. And let me tell you, um, I'm on, I'm Johnny on the spot, man. And I didn't see some signs. I mean, I felt like, uh, you know, but it can run away. If you, I, I feel so sorry for the kids that like their parents are not involved at all because I'm involved and it was a rough road, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why our kids end up in pickles because we're not involved and we're not teaching them and guiding them and showing them. And it's okay to have those tough talks about respect and sex. And, you know, even with Tatum, I tell her, don't get in the back seat of a car. Mm-hmm. Don't put yourself in a position. Which luckily Tatum can look at you and know that you're living what you're saying. Mm-hmm. If you had never handled that with you or handled your trauma or handled your bitterness or whatever, then they look at you and you're like, yeah, okay. You say a whole lot, but your kids see the real you. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important because whatever's inside will spill out onto them. And and my oldest two kids, I feel like they got to see the most of my trauma, you know, and that goes back to saying, hey, I didn't do this right. I didn't do this good. Um, but there's how can you do better admitting that and mm-hmm. then being like, yeah, I watched you live it and you say it, you know, no matter what. So in your first marriage... What would you have done different? Does not marrying him count? <laughs> <laughs> he had a child, and I fell in love with her. And so, you know, was, you look back, I don't have a great memory in general, but so I don't really have negative. It's kind of like another life. I don't really remember him. But just when you marry somebody, like, don't do it for any other reason than them. Because I loved her, you mm-hmm. know. But, like, do you feel, why do you think you chose him? I don't know. I had this one rule that I would never marry anybody that I met cutting their hair. And I broke that rule one time. And it was my oh, first so husband. Yeah. Then I married him. But, yeah, that's how Brett and I, I met Brett cutting his hair. I dated him for two years. Got married. And it was a shift. And I, I was young. And it didn't work out. It's really self not really a big, big deal. So then how did that shift into Shane? Uh, Shane was the very quite the pendulum of him. He was agnostic. He was very aggressive. Uh, worked all the time. You know what I mean? So I went to the opposite. And that was bad on my part because I didn't wait and I didn't deal with my own stuff. And got into the second one. Definitely not meant for me. Meant for somebody else. And, you know, I think that's what's really awesome, too, is being able to say, hey... You may not be meant for me, but you meant for somebody. You meant for somebody, it's and that's cute. between you and somebody and God. But um, you know, and that's why I'm a big believer in. I've said this. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but exercising all options until you're exhausted, all of them. Because if you're hurt or you're mad or you're angry, I don't care what you say, you care. Don't get back together. That's the main bottom line. If you get divorced, leave no room for going back to mm-hmm. them. It, that's the only thing worse than divorce is going back and doing it again. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. But like, don't do that. Yeah. No. And that's what we mean about Because if you feel that way, then you stay and keep working. Working. I was going to say fighting. And that's not what I mean because I didn't mean fighting with them. I meant fighting for, for it. it. Uh, but working is a good... Um, but... My, my point there is if you leave that relationship so 
sure that you gave 110% and no regrets, no shoulda, coulda, wouldas, then you're free to then give yourself to someone else. But if you're angry, bitter, any of that, you're not free. And if you, somebody still holds a part of you, if you got left, then you still have to deal with the same anger, the same bitterness, yes. the same hurt. And that happens, right? And Don't in fact, date until you handle. You know, <laughs> you and I have yes. um, mm-hmm. talked about this. I'm going to be honest. I'm always the lever. I never got left, so I it's hard too. for me to. But I've been the one on the receiving end of the person that got left. And um, sometimes that sucks. And I know that. And I've helped a lot of my friends and people I know that have suffered with that type of rejection. I've Mm -hmm. never been rejected like that. Um, So, um, you know, it's easy for me to stand on this side and tell you what to do. But healing that rejection, I think that's what a lot of people, the word rejection is like the devil. Because when we get left, that's how we feel, right? We feel rejected. When the truth is, if you could shift that mind focus to trusting God so much that you understand that that's just not yours to have, wasn't personal. It's not personal to you. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not that, you know, you need to understand that that's about that other person and you need to thank God. Thank you. Thank you for freeing me to find, because this is my favorite saying. You cannot meet Mr. Right when you're with Mr. Wrong. You can't do it. So if you get rejected by Mr. Wrong, you need to say thank you. And we do not know how to do that. We're like, wait, what's wrong with me? Why don't you want me? I'll be more. I'll do it. I'll I'll give you whatever if you'll just want me. Don't. Have some self-respect. Why did we start this at 1016? I like this talk. (laughs) Next week, I'm Scarlett Sandbox. Hey, you know, you know, and now um, we have we we've talked about that. We will dig deeper into different. We'll come back because trust me, all these things. This right here, this is good stuff right here. But it it really is true, you know that um, you've got to shift your train of thought from rejection to freedom. Get your post-it note out. (laughs) Write it down. Start writing down what you think about that, like already preliminary thoughts, like shifting. And look, let's say you're in a marriage where, you know, you know that it's recoverable, but your husband's rejecting you. Maybe it's sexual. Maybe it's financially, maybe it's time. So you feel rejected when the truth is, um, you know, this is something work, you know, that you can work through. So it doesn't always have to be like, just because he cut you off and divorced you or left you or whatever. Sometimes you feel rejected. And and I'm going to tell you, I feel you girls so much. Those of you that feel rejected in your own, like there's nothing worse than being lonely in a relationship. Mm -hmm. The worst. We all goes back to want community, right? So when you feel like your husband is not listening, participating, wanting you intimately, whatever it is, there's nothing worse, but what are you going to do about that? But it's not about you. And that's what you take it personal, that you feel rejected. So then it just spins out of control. How are we going to reverse that thought? Why are you laughing over there? Because we're at 1018 and I'm like, 
fine. We'll wait. We'll just say it. No, I'm just saying the whole subject is great. I could spend five more hours on all this. <laughs> could. Between the two of us, we could probably just bring lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Next okay, week. fine. So I guess, well, you want to, um, what, what is this week? The 28th, so is this our last? Yes, and I will not be here next week, so Adrian will. Oh, um, yeah, so. I have a plan for you. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're going to do. We just figured this out this morning, mm-hmm. that I'm going to be riding solo. Not really. I'm going to bring somebody, if not my husband. Guest speaker. He doesn't know it yet. In Tanner's seat. Or I'm going to find somebody to make this fun and interesting. And if you know me, you know I will. So, all right. Stay tuned. Watch us on our uh, Instagram and Facebook this week. Announce what I'm going to do with your life next week without my co, my sidekick Tanner. Right. What are you doing in Vegas anyway? Softball tournament. Okay. All right. Well, she'll be, you build your be dreams. Tear down your walls. <laughs> Woo! Yay! <laughs> Everybody, a round of applause. We'll see you next week. <laughs>